Um, so I'm speaking with the, the great John Ottman, who has composed so many iconic scores uh, over the years and has proved his uh, versatility with scores like The Usual Suspects, uh, At Pupil, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, X2, and a uh, personal favorite of mine is Lake Placid and is now reteaming with Brian Singer. <laughs> what uh, is it with you guys in Lake Placid? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lake Placid. I don't know. It's just such a good score. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he's reteaming with Brian Singer on Jack the Giant Slayer, where he is the composer, editor, and associate producer. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Sure. Um, well, we can go. We can have a Lake Placid conversation some other time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I know you have a long history with uh, with Brian and the Bad Hat Harry team, going all the way back to college. Uh, but what initially made you want to pursue uh, film composition, and when did that itch for editing kind of come into the picture? Well, the itch for editing never came into the picture. It was just something I felt I'd do because I was making films at USC mm-hmm. and um, I was editing my own pictures and then people uh, took notice that I, that I guess I was editing my, film, my films really well so they asked me to edit their films and, you know, in film school you just do whatever, and my, my philosophy is always do, 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 just do whatever people want you to do because the more things you do, the more things will pop so I just would just do stuff and, uh, and then I got roped into editing uh, Brian's first feature, and then, as the story goes, uh, the composer dropped out in the last minute, and I, I was there having had done it as a hobby, so I scored the film and I realized, wow, I'd much rather do this. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, then on the usual suspects, you know, I said, well, I just want to score the movie, and he's like, hell no, you're going to edit it also. So <laughs> that blackmail continues to this day. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so to answer your question, I'd much rather score movies because you know, and I lose a lot of work doing these uh, editorial sagas because I'm off, I'm, I'm out of my my uh, career for two years as a composer. So right. um, you know, I got one big score out of Jack, but it was one, not like four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've worked with Brian on on all his films uh, except the first X Men because you were making your own film, uh, Urban Legends: right. The Final Cut. Uh, but what's your favorite part about working with him, uh, and what keeps you coming back uh, over time and time again? Well, he does big, big budget movies, so it's the, the, the carrot he dangles in front of me might as well. <laughs> you know, if you want to score this movie, you got to edit it. So, um, my my agent jokes says uh, Tim Burton make Danny Elfman wash his car so that he can score the film. But anyway. Um, it's, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, in terms of working with Brian, I mean, you know, when you work with someone for a long time, there's a shorthand and there's a trust. And so that always makes me feel more comfortable uh, working for someone with, who I have a long track record with. And he, um, you know, he's a little old school, which is great. So in other words, I could present a, a synthesized mock-up that doesn't have to sound, you know, perfectly amazing, even though they sound pretty good. You know, he understands um, that when I tell him something's going to sound better live, and he just trusts that, you know. So that's that takes some pressure off. All right, and uh, not many composers, you know, wear more than one hat during a film like you do with Brian. And uh, I know a few who write the scores and screenplays, but never the score and <laughs> editing. <laughs> For your process, yeah. uh, what comes first? Does the editing come first, or does the scoring come first? No, no. The, the, of course, the editing. I, 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 I'm nowhere near in the mindset of of writing the score, except just worrying about it when mm-hmm. I'm cutting the film, because it's an all-encompassing thing to cut the film. And um, yeah, at, at some point, I have to tell everyone, look, uh, 
you know, I got to start writing the score. I'm going to be an upshit creek. So I, um, at some point I make a transition and I begin writing. And that's the very difficult part for me because I'm still managing the film right. as the editor. And, there's a, and at that point when I'm starting to write the score, it's when all the problems are coming forward. The studio's watching the film, all the politics are happening, test screenings, all the actors have to be ADR'd. Um, countless meetings, visual effects are coming home to roost, and it's just uh, it's 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 mind hemorrhage. And so I, I put an avid in my or editing console in my bedroom, and um, and, and supervising stuff in the editing room. Then I run downstairs, I write, and it's just um, a crazy time for me. You know, it sounds ridiculous. I don't know how you uh, funnel it all down, but so... That's why no one does this? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to put a human being through such horrible torture <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh well, when so when brian tells you about his next film and you know you're you know you're going to be the, the composer and the editor uh when you're reading the script uh is your mind thinking musically or are you kind of thinking from an editing standpoint uh during that point well I, first of all as soon as he calls me and tells me that some project is full of dread because <laughs> <laughs> It's too close. I mean, now normally it, it takes them a couple of years to put one of these things together. So right. I, I have a couple of years to a decompress and b go and score some movies. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, our next one came a lot sooner than we had anticipated. So I'll be going off to do X Men in just a few weeks, and I just right. uh, I can't even imagine going right back into the situation. But um, I forgot your your what was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> um, when when you're reading the script, like when you when Brian first oh, tells oh. you. Am I, what am I thinking about the music? Are you thinking musically or editing kind of? Editing? Oh, I'm thinking both. I mean, I, I, honestly, the first thing I'm thinking about is editorially, like how much of a challenge it's going to be. And and uh, I, mean, I remember being in the plane reading Valkyrie, which was touted to be just a simple little caper that we were going to make. And and I'm reading the script, and I and I, I broke out in a cold sweat because I realized, well, the script is just a bunch of old men talking in rooms. How is this going to become a caper? This is going to be really hard to pull off, right. and this is not going to be the simple little little movie he's talking about. <laughs> so um, I start thinking about all having trying to have some sort of clairvoyance ahead of time, you know, knowing what the challenges are going to be editorially. Um, and um, and of course, in the back of my mind is is uh, you know what kind of score this might be. You know, for Valkyrie, I, I was thinking, oh well. This will be a movie with hardly any score. It'd be awesome if I could just pull it, pull it off with sound effects and stuff, which was, actually was my goal to make it more raw, mm-hmm. you know, and realistic by not having it be a real score kind of movie. As it was, I, I, I designed the score to be sort of buried under a lot of sound effects because I wanted all the typewriters in the rooms and the machines and all that kind of stuff. But right, right. Um, I'm I'm diverging now, but but um, yeah. So it's basically just how am I going to make the film first, and um, and and the score is is just sort of a. I guess sort of a latent thing in the back of my head that I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know a lot of composers. When I talk to them, they uh, they always complain about temp tracks and the the cuts of the film. And when you edit, do you use music at all in your editing process? Be it your music or anybody else's music? Um, at first, no. I um, construct the entire film dry, mm-hmm. and um, I, I like to watch the film and have it exist with no score whatsoever, which is a really interesting thing because you know. When, when, in my opinion, when editors cut to music, they're 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 using the music to perhaps mask problems the scene has that's covering up. And I would rather, you know, if the scene can exist by itself, then I'm I'm really or, or if there's problems, I'm not going to use the music to solve the problem yet. Right. Um, and so when I've got the entire cut together, then I spend about two weeks temping it. 
and I do this kick-ass job typing it, and it becomes my the, the temp score becomes my worst enemy. So it's like, or I, I become my own worst enemy by creating such a great temp score. So, um, you know, and it's weird. It's like on Jack, you know, our post schedule dragged on because we had to change our release date, and so right. you know, the temp score, as brilliant as it was, everyone loved it. It starts getting old, mm-hmm. and people start getting sick of it. So that works in my favor, you know, because then I could write something, and and anything I write is going to be new and something they haven't heard before because they're so over it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's tough when you're on a fast release uh, schedule or, or, or a short post, and you create a great temp, and then and it's so new and fresh to everyone, they just all, all they can think about is that temp score, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you mentioned because the movie did get pushed back um, from last summer, and how does that does that give you like a breath of relief, or do you go, oh crap, I gotta, I'm gonna have to redo a lot of things, and it's gonna play with my mind, and like, do you see it as it more time to finish something, or do you see it as more of a curse to be given? I think more it's time? more of a curse. I mean, I, I think a, a movie kind of could lose its way too if there's no release date, because we didn't have a release date for a while right. to figure out when when to, when to, when to reschedule it. And um, because the effect shots did so much more work, and I just you know, and then that's sort of a, a bad place for a film because then the, the tinkering and the endless uh, um, um, second thoughts of you know second thinking everything you know can happen, and um, um, so I'd rather just be that there be a, a, a finished date, and, and mm-hmm. that's the goal, and no matter how hellish it is, it's going to be over. Right, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, you know, extra time is always a good thing. But I, I had actually written the score for Jack um, months before we released the film and, and started tinkering. So we, um, I mean, even scenes were rearranged and so forth. And I had to edit the music to um, to accommodate the new cut. I mean, there were there we were prepared to go back and re-record with some pickup dates and things. But I was managed to make it work in Pro Tools for the mm-hmm. magic of, you know, digital editing. Right. So if there's any real Real geek out there who wants to watch the movie and analyze that versus upon the CD they get, they're gonna they're gonna have a huge dissertation <laughs> on how cues were rearranged and reused and pitched different keys and all sorts of stuff. So. <laughs> uh, well, and uh, I saw the film last night and uh, it was uh, so much fun. I enjoyed it so much and it was uh, okay. uh, so, I mean, just kind of old old school adventure with you know mixed with kind of fairy tale aspects and. Uh, um, but the movie, the visual effects are, you know, amazing, and the motion capture and all that, and there's so much of it. And so, when you're as the editor, at what stage are you? Are you working kind of on the previs sequences, and then the effects uh, guys finish I, it, it up, or? No, this was enough to give me a, a brain hemorrhage on a daily basis because from the very beginning we have, uh, first of all, we motion captured all the actors, which is simply them in those suits everyone sees, right? You know, with the dots in their face, and it's just data. That's all it is. It's just uh-huh. it's just computer information, and you can do anything you want with that. And that was left to me, surprisingly. So I <laughs> sort of would take the uh, the data and create the shots for the giants. Like, okay, I want the shot to start on a giant's feet and come around its back and rise over his head and reveal the little people walking in front of him. Well, if I when I lens, it's called lensing shots. When I lens these shots. I would place those in a sequence, and then I had to storyboard the surrounding shots that we hadn't shot yet with the little with the regular actors. And each of those storyboards would dictate how much set we had to build, which became a war between the production designer and the visual effects team about how much was going to be a real set, how much was going to be a fake set, and um, and then that storyboard sequence is sent to the set, and they're supposed to shoot the storyboard 
But then, of course, they go off the track. Then I get something back that doesn't work with the shots I've lensed. Then I have to reconceive the shots, and it goes back and forth, back and forth. So it's really um, it's extremely complicated. And, you know, as you say, the, like the film is a really simple story and a simple movie, and you look at it, and you have no idea the... Um, what it takes just to pull off one of those giant shots. <laughs> I know, yeah. And each, and each of the shots is like a year-long project wow. that you have to manage because it, it's a you know it's it's a long time of development every time you come up with the, with the, the shot once it's once it's um once it's decided upon you know. And the, yeah, the logistics sound like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I can't even tell you. I've never been. It was it was. Uh, I mean, to, to be honest, I almost quit a couple of times because I couldn't take the pressure. Because wow. you know I'm trying to. Uh, there's a there's a there's a a bucket of film dumping in on every day for the regular scenes that I have to uh, cut together because everyone wants to know if they can tear down a set so they can know if the scene's working if they got the shots, and then on top of that though I'm I'm in you know five hours in visual effects meeting trying to design shots to storyboard scenes that we need to go shoot and um, it was it was it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the work I think paid off and the, I think the finished product definitely speaks for itself. So that's uh, I'm. It's a good job, a great job. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I hope so. It's just you know, it's just a simple adventure, like you said. So it's like all this agony for just a simple, simple adventure movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll see. Uh, well, the score was huge too, and I loved it. And right from the opening logos, you were already you know bringing us right into this world. Uh, what was the goal musically for this film? Uh, you know, it, I just I hate that you keep overusing the word adventure movie, but you know it's a good old-fashioned adventure without uh -huh. being a cliche um, fairy tale. You know, flourishes and stuff because that would just make it too gay. You know, and I think that once you start doing that stuff, um, you dismiss it. You dismiss it. You know, and you know from 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 moment one, you know. Brian and I want everyone to know that, you know, despite the fact this is some lighthearted movie, you have to take the world that you're creating seriously. Right. And I think the music has to be very serious in, 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 in what it's trying to convey. And I guess the line that I had to write, which I mentioned in my liner notes on the CD, was like, you know, uh, making it as, as, as weighty as possible without without making the downer. And so, you know, also keeping it fun. So, right. you know, it's a, keep, keeping it popcorn without being without being stupid, you know. Right, right. And, I mean, I loved how you would uh, kind of score certain action beats and, and kind of give it an old-fashioned, you know, I guess, uh, corn gold or kind of bounce to it. And I, the one that always stood out to me was when Jack was standing on that step and it breaks and you kind of, when he falls, you hit that drop with the music. I mean, I don't really have a question. I'm just kind of making an observation, <laughs> but <laughs> I just, I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, this movie is all about hitting everything to keep the keep, to keep it interesting and fun, you know, and mm -hmm. so it's, it's really, and I tend to do that anyways. I, I tend to be a guy who likes to hit a lot of things, and but uh, yeah, yeah. With, with, with the timings of the music, but, um, you know, I mean, that's that's just uh, old-fashioned film scoring, I guess. You know? All right, and you, we created a great theme, too, this kind of big, kind of heroic, and, and it, it really... Uh, Made gave the film a weight that I really you know embraced. So it was really cool. Oh, thanks. So, you know, I I didn't come up with that theme until too, way too, way late in the process, which has never happened to me before. Oh, really? It was it was agonizing to write the score, and I just couldn't come up with a theme for Jack. And because um, I the original idea was to have the love theme be the predominant theme in the film and carry both of them. Mm -hmm. And because um, you know, it's, I love a score where you just hear the same theme over and over, you know, a la John Barry or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that was the idea, just to use the love theme purely as, as uh, the, the theme. And, and as I was scoring the film, I was like, no, it's like, what am I, crazy? It's like every time there's a scene with Jack, even though he's with Isabel, I feel like it should be coming from his point of view. But I had never invested the time to write a theme for him because I just kind of dismissed it in my head. I guess it was kind of like, 
being lazy too. So um, yeah, late in the process, I stumbled across it, and then I'm like, holy shit, I've got to have to go back and um, re-infuse his theme everywhere. And and of course, I, most of all that stuff had already been orchestrated, and I had to you know open up you know the can of worms for all these different cues. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, I know. You're probably not allowed to say anything, but, you know, Days of Future Past, uh, you're going to be scoring that, correct? Most likely, yeah. I've I've got my editing deal closed, but they're still haggling Mm -hmm. on the other thing. So you you would be, the, I think, the first composer to actually return to the franchise, which is actually very interesting because every film has had a a different composer. Uh, Yeah, that has pissed me off big time. I mean, because I'm a real big stickler on film music continuity on, on uh on a film series. And it's just been awful how it's just been, there's no continuity among any of those movies at all. I know. And, and everyone knows I was really upset when we didn't do X-Men 3 because I had planted all of these uh, thematic seeds for the characters I wanted to expand upon in X-Men 3. And then when we didn't do it, I mean, all that work was abandoned. And um, so in a way, I sort of like um, have something to prove going back to this <laughs> X-Men franchise and <laughs> And, you know, in my mind, resurrect a lot of that stuff. But, but I really don't know if that's even going to happen, because I know Brian wants to really do a whole, like, I, I, there's something different he wants to do. He hasn't really told me yet. So uh, I was singing my X-Men 2 theme to him, and he looked at me, and he's like, well, we've got to talk about that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I don't know what that means, you know. But all that matters is I'm going to be temping it, and whatever I temp with that works, they usually fall in love with. So I'll, I'll try to try to get that theme in there if it makes sense for this movie. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the context of the film, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I totally agree with you on everything about. Uh, that's why I, I. That's why I enjoy the Dark Knight series so much because Hans kind of stayed through, but he's, all these other superhero franchises they love to switch them up a lot and kind of ruins the identity of the the characters as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm so religious about it. When I saw Spider-Man, I was really expecting it to be a a big orchestral version of the animated series theme. <laughs> it was like <laughs> I wanted to hear bum ba dum bum ba you know, something, you know, some bombastic yeah, yeah. version of that. And so I was like, what? Or even when the, the Wild Blood West came out years ago, I wanted to hear that theme. Is you know, so right. I I'm really um, you know diehard about continuity. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to hear. I'm I'm uh, very interested to see what uh, what comes out of that. Very uh, very excited about. Days of Future Past. Yeah, it's like a rock score or something. <laughs> well, uh, Henry, Henry Jackman kind of did that. Metallica kind of score. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, I guess to wrap... God help me, that's the idea. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll make it work, even if that is the idea. <laughs> but uh, to wrap up, uh, I always like to ask composers uh, this one question. If you could uh, score any film ever made with uh, no disrespect to the original composer... Which film would you choose? Oh, man. Um, but that's hard because the ones I would choose already had great scores on them. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's the point. You, what would you, what film Oh, well, you... who wouldn't want to score Dances with Wolves oh, or Out of cool. Africa or something where you're giving like long vista shots to, to sort of sink your teeth into and do a, and do a, a piece of music that actually goes somewhere. So, yeah. I mean, that would be... That would be my, you know, I'm always, I think we're all looking for the next Dances with Wolves or something like that. Yeah, beautiful score, yeah. Yeah, but but it's like almost sacrilegious to say that since the music was so perfect in the film. Right, right. (laughs) Well, that's a good answer. I love the answer. And I guess. I'm sure there's some film out there I can't think of the top of my head now where the score sucked and I I wish I had scored it, but I can't remember. (laughs) Or I I actually come to mind now, but I can't mention them because they're too recent. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to make any enemies. (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, I guess let me add a little, uh, uh, one more to that question. If you could edit with any director, other than Brian, of course, uh, who would you like to edit for? Oh, Spielberg, hands down. Spielberg? Great. Yeah, well, because he's my, an idol, a directorial idol. I just think he's a, you know, whatever you think of some recent movies, the, the fact is the guy's the real deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a genius filmmaker, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, maybe Cameron, but I know, but he's a, a control freak. He actually did a lot of the editing himself, so, uh-huh. you know, um, he might drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you won't be driven too crazy uh, on the next project, uh, but all your work definitely paid off, and uh, congratulations on it. It's a, it's a great piece of work, and thank you so much for your time today. It was a, such a blast uh, to talk to you, John. Oh, thanks. You too. All right, thanks a lot. 